just for coming out to see me. This is truly amazing. Um, it's not like anything I ever expected. So to see all of your amazing faces here is just truly incredible. That was gold medal Olympic winner Sunisa Lee at her celebration parade this past weekend in St. Paul, Minnesota. If you are not able to make it to her parade, don't worry, I was there and I represented you. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Ying from Mix in the Dark. I want to quickly congratulate Sunisa Lee for winning gold in the Women's Artistic Individual All-Around Gymnastics. That is a huge accomplishment at age 18. This is not only a win for the United States of America, it is also a win that means so much to Asian Americans, specifically Hmong Americans. Philip Tao said it best, he writes, to see her win a gold medal on a global stage feels like being acknowledged by a history that has only erased us. It's not that the world finally noticed us, we wrote ourselves into the record. I linked his writing in this episode if you would like to read more. Again, congratulations, Denise Lee. You are so loved. Keep doing you. All right, I'm going to tone it back down and we're going to get back to our scary stories vibe. I have a story for you about an experience in a house that is involved with a series of tragedies. I read this story on a scary story Facebook community page and I reached out to the writer who was very willing to allow Mix in the Dark to feature this story. So thanks, Donnell. Please enjoy. The year was 1996, and I had been living with my first husband at his parents' house for almost three years. I was around 19, going on 20, and expecting my first child. Needless to say, I was more than ready to get into a place of our own and start our life as a family. Through the family, we came across a little old house that was basically abandoned. This place had belonged to his grandma, and she passed away several years prior. His uncle had been living alone in it up until he had tried to take his own life. The house was as old as the Titanic, so you can imagine it had its own history. According to his family, it had a grim past while his grandmother, uncle, and aunt lived there. Apparently, his aunt was the first to fall victim to the series of unfortunate events. While returning home one evening, two men beat and raped her at the back gate of the yard. This took a toll on her both physically and mentally, and she ended up being admitted into some sort of psychiatric ward. Later, his grandmother fell out front on the stairs. Being elderly and needing around-the-clock care, she ended up in a nursing home. Shortly after, she passed away, leaving the uncle alone in the house. He was unstable himself. He later slit his wrists in the dining room in an attempt to take his life. 
Naturally, he was admitted by the state into a psychiatric ward. This is just what we know took place. Fast forward to 1996, desperately looking for a place of our own, we decided to move into this house. At the time, my husband worked the closing shift, and rather than sit at his parents' house and deal with that mess, I thought it would be a good idea to give the place a sprucing up. I thought paint would do the trick, sort of like a breath of fresh air. One evening, after dropping my husband off, I went to the house to do some painting. Immediately when I entered the house, I felt a sense of despair and fear. But having dealt with all sorts of strange things, I was not easily deterred from these sorts of things. I had painted about half of the wall when I heard a noise in the bathroom. There was a chair in the bathtub and it sounded like someone had sat down in it. No big deal, so I just continued painting. Moments later, it felt as though someone was standing next to me and the hairs on my arm stood straight on end. Without turning from the wall and the roller still in my hand, I continued to paint, thinking whatever it was would quit if I showed no fear. That's when I heard right in my ear someone sort of hissed my name. I dropped that roller right in the tray and bolted out the door. We really needed to move out of his parents, and I did not want to cause alarm, so I didn't say anything about what happened. When asked why I wouldn't finish up the painting, I simply said that I just wasn't up to it due to being pregnant. Things started happening right away. At night, while I was alone, I would hear voices in the basement that kind of sounded like a radio. The problem was there was no radio. One morning, while laying in bed, I noticed a pair of handprints on the ceiling. Because the ceilings were so high up, I found it a little odd. That and the fact that when I had painted there, there were no handprints. Oddly enough, each morning following, more and more handprints appeared. On a couple occasions, I would be laying in bed unable to sleep and would hear the television turn on as loud as possible. Of course, that was a bit unsettling. One evening, we had stayed up pretty late and decided to go to bed. We had shut off the TV and started heading to our room when the TV turned on by itself. Another time, my husband wanted to check out the crawl space under the house. He found three slabs of marble just laying in the dirt. We didn't think a whole lot about it and left them right where we found them. I remember getting pretty creeped out one night when I heard a slight knock on the door. It was around two or so, and I was a little hesitant to answer it. When I opened the door, there was a lady standing there. She looked to be in her 60s and was very thin with long, dark hair and was as pale as a ghost. The part that bothered me the most about the situation was the look in her face and the vacancy in her eyes. She never looked me in the eyes, but instead kind of stared through me into the house. She asked if a certain person was there. I told her politely that she had the wrong house, but it seemed as though she wasn't listening and was going to push her way into my house. She was pretty insistent on coming in. I literally had to shut the screen door in her face as she stood there staring into my house. 
After shutting the front door, I sort of dug down and waited a few minutes to see if she was still there, and she was. So I ducked down again and waited a few more minutes, and eventually she turned and walked away. She slowly walked down the dark street a ways and was gone. I think the worst thing that took place happened when I was about seven months pregnant. We were leaving the house. It was winter and the front steps were covered in ice. I wanted my husband to try to remove the ice so that it could be as safe as possible for me. He refused to do anything about it and because we were supposed to be somewhere, I had to walk down the icy stairs. I made it to the top of the stairs and slipped. At that moment, the only thing that mattered was my unborn child. So I grabbed a hold of the rail and tried to land just on my back in order to not harm the baby. I had achieved my goal and was laying there in excruciating pain. I ended up in the ER on a monitor for 24 hours to make sure the baby and I were alright. The remainder of my pregnancy was now deemed high risk and I was bedridden. The stairs I fell down happened to be the same stairs that my husband's grandmother met her doom. When the baby came, it became an emergency C-section. We moved shortly after the incident, so nothing more happened. Eight months after my baby was born, I became very sick and unable to eat or drink. I would spend the next three years very, very sick. I was in and out of the ER, and no doctor was able to figure out what was going on. It was when I was at death's door that a specialist decided to place a stent in my pancreas in order to empty all the bile that was floating around inside me. It was then discovered that the fall had caused such a jolt that the baby shoved my pancreas and spleen up against my spine. It killed my spleen entirely and 60% of my pancreas. I ended up having a splenectomy and 60% of my pancreas removed. They saved my life that day and for that I am eternally grateful, but sadly that house has changed my life for the worse and physically I will never be the same. I'm just lucky to be here today. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.